0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Light. The Arizona Cardinals select,
1: Tyler Murray. And the 2019 Offensive Rookie of the Year is...
0: This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. He's He's All right, guys, welcome back, we'll back. We'll back to the Dallas Pass Podcast, funded by Clip Points and our friends at Blue Wire. I am your host, Blake Lovell. With me is my co-host Dylan Reagan, and we are back here, Dylan, to discuss um, lots of things in the NFL, but uh, one in particular, I'd say that people are probably talking a little bit about. Um, what was it? Last podcast, we sat here and we're hmm. like, "Oh yeah, JJ Watt." Like, you know, make our <laughs> predictions. I think we had Bills, we had Titans, um, you know, I think at that point the Packers and the Steelers were still in there. I don't know how far down the list the Arizona Cardinals would have been, but my guess is, um, you know, <laughs> probably a little bit down there just because we would have never kind of put that together because I think we're so used to now just going off the rumors that we know. And mm-hmm. um, But I think when it comes to the NFL offseason, like this should probably just continue to teach us a lesson. We see this a lot where, you know, certain teams maybe get rumored with a player, but eventually he goes somewhere that was never even discussed. That is what happens here with J.J. Watt as he is signing with the Arizona Cardinals. It's a two-year deal, $31 million, $23 million of that guaranteed, um, and uh, we didn't even have to wait for an actual rumor, report, source, or yeah. anything, because uh, <laughs> the, the source himself was J.J. Watt.
1: Yeah, did not expect this. What, like you said, it. I mean, there's times when we can kind of look at fits as we did last offseason, where we pretty much narrow, you know, signaled our our view of the, the Colts and the Bucks as teams that made sense for Philip Rivers and Tom Brady. It ended up actually happening. This is not the case here. It was not something where, I mean, sure, yeah, obviously the Cardinals could really use uh, JJ Watt, uh, given where they were last year as a team that improved on defense, but. I wouldn't say they were the most formidable group that really struck fear into their opponents week in and week out. So to add JJ to that team definitely helps them a lot. But yeah, again, it just wasn't a team that we'd seen in any of the rumors. It's not like, I feel like this happens maybe more in other sports, especially baseball, where some some front offices keep things so close to the vest, where it's like, you don't really find out until the the deal happens, right? Like in the NFL, it really does feel way more often, like whether it be teams leaking or or agents or whatever, whoever it is, we seem to really kind of start hearing these things before they actually happen. I don't, I mean, at least from what I've seen, I have not seen anything about the Cardinals (laughs) being a team that was a favorite or one of the the high, you know, one of the ones really in the running. And it's not like they have, you know, a lot of these teams are going to, uh, do a lot of restructuring to, to open up more cap space, but it's not like the Cardinals were a team with a ton of cap space to begin with, where, whereas, you know, some of these teams we're looking at like the Browns uh, made sense with their, with all the room they have, the Cardinals a little over 17 million. Again, I'm sure they'll restructure things a bit here uh, to make this uh, fit easier so that it's not just JJ coming on with that deal and uh, no one else. Uh, But yeah, really good signing for them. Just more, just, powering the nfc west even more and kind of funny now that we have two of the two of the biggest stars from that those texans teams in uh in arizona together would i do not think the would be uh flipped there uh, that would be hilarious if that happened but uh yeah it should be should be a good fit for him and a team that's still even though you know maybe just uh again i don't know how much was this is really based on rumors or just people kind of thinking JJ would want to go to a team with Super Bowl aspirations, the Packers, obviously in that, in that mold. the teams, even like the Browns bills uh, were rumored as well. But I, I, you know, the Cardinals are a borderline playoff team. They just barely, you know, obviously if Kyler doesn't get hurt in that final game, they may beat the Rams. They had some other weird losses throughout the season. I think they're not too far away from figuring it out. And the thing is that was surprising and most encouraging about last year is their defense took a huge step. It was really their offense by the end of the year that, kind of struggled to to maintain drives and now they're just, I feel like they'll figure that out with Kyler. I really feel confident in his own ability and uh, on defense. Now it's just another weapon for them to have that for a team that, yeah, again, kind of under the radar with how well they ended up finishing 10th in DVOA on defense, uh, Pass DVOA was pretty solid, but I think their pass rush could definitely be improved. And having JJ there, obviously, just in terms of leadership and everything he provides, a huge, huge addition for Arizona.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, you know what you're going up against in that division. We talked about it. Um, I know we'll, we'll get to the Russell Wilson thing in a second. But, you know, we know what you're going up against in that that division in terms of the offenses. Um, you know, Matthew Stafford's there now in, in Los Angeles. Um, you know, 49ers, I think, still to be determined in terms of what their offense looks like. Seahawks, Mm -hmm. you know what you're getting if Russell Wilson is there. And so, uh, yeah, you have to have a good defense, and uh, there's no doubt plugging him in should help. But uh, you did bring up Deshaun Watson. I I have to believe, you know, I I think um, most of the reports uh, were that Mm -hmm. he had met, I guess, with a new staff and basically said, hey, I'm not not changing my mind. Like, (laughs) I do not (laughs) want to be here. But you have to believe after he sees this. Like, he sees, you know, the two other stars that were – you know, responsible for helping build the Texans with him. Um, all of a sudden they're playing together in a new location. I can't believe that probably makes Deshaun Watson too happy either. So,
1: Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, he's, uh, yeah, like you're saying, He they, they tried to talk to him. He's still maintaining that he's not going to to come back. And even possi- I think the latest uh, articles that we had at Clutch Points were about how he's willing to sit out games for 2021. Obviously, we'll see if that's really true, if that's more of a threat at this point um it's a lot he stands to lose a, a ton of money obviously if he does that but I mean it's not like he hasn't made a comfortable amount of money at this point where he feels confident enough in his own uh bargaining power and how you know just where does that put the Texans organization itself and what are they willing to risk as well if they were to keep him and let him sit out uh and how that makes them look not, not just with fans and, and the NFL abroad but also just you know, internally with uh their own players and, I don't know. It's it's a really it's a tough situation. We've talked about it a lot. I've, I've made it pretty clear. I just can't believe the Texans have let it get to this point. I can't believe kind of some of the things they've done organizationally uh, to really let it kind of get to this point in time. And now, yeah, I mean, I just don't, I don't blame Deshaun. I just hope that we do see a trade happen because some of the reports are saying you don't expect it to happen before the draft. I mean, that makes it a lot tougher because you'd think that if Houston at least really committed to trading him, they'd be looking at some way to not just, you know, uh, address a lot of holes in their roster, but getting different draft picks or established players. I believe some of the rumors and reports have said they want to establish defensive players, but also obviously they need to have an answer at quarterback if they're going to trade him. I don't, I don't think they can possibly move on from him without something coming back, whether it be a draft pick or some player they believe they can build around as their future franchise quarterback. Uh, we'll see what happens. But, man, I'd, yeah, for Deshaun, it's just, again, it's crazy to think where this team was just a few years ago, you know, up 24-0 in the Chiefs and that, and that divisional round game to falling all the way to this point. I mean, with J.J. J. Watt, it made a little more sense. The DeAndre Hopkins thing, man, it's just – I mean, with Watt at this point, obviously it kind of helps him in terms of letting him go somewhere else to try to win. Whereas he's you know, he's he been there so long and has been the face of that franchise, and Deshaun has become that. But it, it just – comparing DeAndre Hopkins to J.J. J. Watt, I think they're a little different in terms of obviously Watt at his point in his career. It just did not make any sense when the Hopkins trade happened. Uh, you know, it, and those are the things. And I think some of the other things in the organization are obviously why Deshaun's so fed up. And I, yeah, I just can't really blame him for wanting to move on. And again, he, yes, he's well, he's possibly going to lose a lot of money, but he has made a lot of money and he, he stands firm and we're seeing more and more as we've seen kind of an NBA with it's, kind of the saying is that it's always free agency these some of these guys really have the bargaining power uh, and the power really is flipped more to some of the, the really top end players where they can if they really want to go somewhere if they really want to be out uh, they can do so
0: sports line have put out their numbers they, they usually of course do a, do a pretty good job with this kind of stuff putting out numbers after these kind of moves happen and um, apparently um, JJ Watt after signing with the Cardinals the odds for the Cardinals to win the NFC West goes up from uh, plus 700 to plus 550. So, you know, I mean, that, that's that's a jump, but I wouldn't say, you know, you're it's still looking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's still a tough. It wasn't like they were going to jump up to the the, the the division favorites just with that move. Um, and they also did uh, the sports line model, which um, basically simulates the NFL season 10,000 times. And with Watt, uh, the projected win total for the Cardinals 9.2, without him 8.8. So, again, not a huge boost, but um, yeah. they did get a big boost in terms of post. But I think it's the percentage for them to make the postseason. So, what are the chances they will make the postseason? Goes up from 49.3% to 58.5%. Super Bowl goes up from 2.2% to 3.2%. So, um, you know, just numbers there, simulations, but uh, at least worth noting, as we said, when you compare it to um, this division that they are playing in. But um, I guess, Dylan, um, some of the other stuff we talked about, uh, interesting moves, uh, lots of stuff potentially happening. Uh, we touched on Deshaun Watson. Let's go back to Russell Wilson. Let's keep it in the uh, NFC West, which, uh, I don't know, eventually may become the new uh, co-division of our podcast <laughs> because there's there's lots of wild stuff now. I mean, you get J.J. Watt to the Cardinals. Um, we're talking about what the potential is. Uh, with um, looking at Russell Wilson. Now, you know, we kind of half mentioned it, and I think Mm -hmm. in the previous episode of the podcast, we're thinking, okay, there's no chance any of this could happen. But then you had the continued reports come out that if there's going to be a move, um, basically Russell Wilson had sort of decided, um, you know, he's going to narrow it down to several teams. And, of course, this I thought was the the most hilarious part of this is you you give – You give the Bears fans some hope here because all we've talked about is their quarterback situation. And what do you know, Russell Wilson, apparently, according to the reports uh, that he told Mm -hmm. the Seahawks, the only teams he would be going to in a trade deal would be the Cowboys, (laughs) the Saints, the Raiders, or the Bears. And so the Bears are like the, uh, the, I guess, the dumb and dumber uh, meme where it's like, you know, so you're telling me there's a chance. So the Bears at least have a little bit of hope here. I don't see Russell Wilson in a Bears uniform, uh, but... Um, it's at least interesting that now we have all of a sudden gone from he's not going anywhere to, well, now we got a list of teams that could potentially yeah. uh, be targets uh, for him. Uh, so that at least kind of uh, raises the stakes a little bit here.
1: Yeah, I can see why he'd want to go to a few of those teams. And uh, maybe the Raiders stick out a, a tad to some people, but they've had great offensive line play. And I know one video or picture went viral on Twitter last week of, even though it was not eight-man protection Still, it was a very clean pocket for Derek Carr, something that Russell has struggled to have in Seattle. There are you know, there are legitimate arguments about some of the issues with his hits that he's taken in the sacks in terms of him holding the ball too long, trying to get the big play instead of taking some things underneath and just not seeing some guys open in more of the intermediate routes. But that's, I mean, that's only part of it. That's ignoring a lot of bigger issues in Seattle that, yeah, apparent. I mean, yeah, like you said, we kind of half mentioned it because it just felt like there's no way there, this isn't going to work. It didn't feel like this was to this place where it just it feels like Russell, he was so, like, by the book, has gone, and like, I don't know what has gotten into him, who's talking, if it's agents, whatever's going on. But it seems like he just has a whole different approach to this thing now uh, that I just didn't anticipate being the case. I get his frustration. He's, it's been now it's going to be seven years since they've made a Super Bowl uh, Going with the next season coming up. Um, after you know looking like a budding dynasty they're a yard away obviously from winning back to back Super Bowls and they just they've had good teams but they have not been the cream of the crop for the most part in the NFC I think I don't think they've even been back to an NFC title game since that year Uh, so I mean they've I I get his frustration but it's I don't know it's a it's a tough it, it seems like it's deeper like there's there's reports in the athletic about his issues with Pete Carroll and Pete Carroll's son assistant coach and Different thing. Uh, it's, it's got, it's definitely more complicated than I anticipated. Just, yeah. Like the last time we talked um, in terms of the teams, I mean, the saints, I don't know how that works. capitalized We, they have, you know, a lot of these teams are under, uh, you know, in the negative quite a bit and salary cap are gonna have to do a lot of work to just create any space, but the saints are easily the worst. They're 66 million over uh, right now, which is just, it's hard to fathom They for so many years. They've done a great job of just kind of kicking the can down the road is a way to put it in terms of uh, making it work with future space being used uh, in the present. They did not win a Super Bowl, obviously, in this last uh, really impressive run of seasons, and now it is costing them. So I just don't know how that possibly works. I also don't know what quarterback you're sending back, at least with the Raiders. You can make an argument with Derek Carr, a guy that's been ranking really high in football outsiders rankings and, you know, had one of his more efficient seasons of his career a year ago, where I believe I'm pulling it up right now. I believe he, yeah, he was actually three spots ahead of Russell Wilson in DYAR last year, which is supposed to be an independent stat for a quarterback. It's not really supposed to take out the impact of your teammates and how, you know, you know, obviously a lot of quarterbacks are going to look great with really great talent around them, so it's trying to isolate just their own play, so maybe that's a place that could work uh, for both sides in terms of, I just don't know how Seattle really can, they need to make the, you know, in terms of, I don't think this is quite on the level of Deshaun Watson where it's just he's over it, I feel like Seattle has to find a way to make this work with Russell, he's the franchise quarterback, it's really hard to think about him anywhere else especially the Bears, I, I it is funny <laughs> Uh, one of my best friends is a Bears fan. I sent him this meme that was that that tweet from either Rappaport or Schefter where it blacked out everything, so all it said was Russell Wilson wants to go to the Bears. <laughs> so, getting his hopes up, it would be it is it is interesting. I mean, he would be an absolute legend in Chicago forever if he was able to lead them back to a Super Bowl. Uh, obviously, they've it's really, really, really passionate fan base has been starving for success, and really a, fran- a franchise that has had no real amazing quarterback play. That was, I think Robert Mays tweeted, he was like five, five best Bears quarterbacks of all time. And it listed three guys. And then number four was Russell Wilson, even possibly coming to the Bears. It was listed above other guys. So, I mean, that's the level of desperation that franchise is at. Again, I just don't know what they have in return. Same with the Cowboys. I mean, unless they are able to somehow sign Dak and send him back, but man, I don't, it's a, it's a weird situation. And, Again, I just I did not see this getting to this point. I really did not at the time that we last recorded. It did not seem like uh, these frustrations were as deep as they really are.
0: Well, we'll talk more about it in a second. I've got a I've got a crazy scenario for you, a quarterback trade scenario that uh, I'm really um, hoping for. But uh, before we do that, uh, let's tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and you just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, uh, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. On top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all the other podcast listening platforms. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more information. But that's bwhustle.com slash join. All right, Dylan, here, here we go. We want to figure out a way to get Russell Wilson on the Bears. Uh-huh. So here's what we're going to do. We, well, actually, we may have to put him on the Raiders now that I think about it. Either way, um, one of those is interesting. So we're going to get Derek Carr to Houston. Unfortunately, because we're going to continue the car legacy as the oh uh, the Texans quarterbacks. Okay, Deshaun wants to get to Miami, so we've got to put him there somehow. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, what is all the room? He wants out of Green Bay, so we're going to put Aaron Rodgers in Seattle because I mean, think oh, about right. all the the matchups those two teams have had. And um, so you put him there, I guess. Really, that leaves out Tua. Where do we we have to put Tua? I guess um, on the Packers, maybe, or I don't know, mm. but. I'm thinking a lot of different scenarios here in play. Uh, and by the way, um, Washington now, Alex Smith, uh, they mm-hmm. have decided that they are going to move on from him. Uh, he comes back, wins, you know, NFL Comeback Player of the Year, as if there was going to be any other choice. Uh, but uh, apparently, uh, Washington is in a situation where I know they have Taylor Heineke. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, there's another quarterback situation. It's a like it is a wild offseason already. We haven't yeah. even gotten into the crazy part of it yet. Like, the quarterback situations, I don't know that I can remember. I mean, we always talk about the quarterback position first because, as we know, like, that's the one that gets the most attention. But, mm-hmm. like, man, it's it's gotten crazy already in terms of the quarterbacks because we've got some top-name guys out there that, you know what, in all likelihood, the majority of them are probably not going anywhere. We're just having some fun here. I think Deshaun Watson will. Mm-hmm. But I think the others, you know, probably not. But still, it's um it's been pretty chaotic here, to say the least.
1: Yeah, the level of rumors is definitely higher, and this was something that Peter King and other insiders have kind of been saying since you know the week leading up to the Super Bowl, those two weeks. There's a lot of time where they're talking to a lot of different people in, uh, in front offices that are you know, preparing for the offseason, and that was kind of a, a theme that everyone was saying. There's going to be more quarterback movement than we're used to, and like you're saying, it probably won't be on the level – of the rumors right now, but it's definitely going to still be pretty high. I don't know. I know you mentioned the Aaron Rodgers thing. I liked where you were going before we we brought Green Bay in there. I like this four (laughs) QB swap. So I'm trying to think. We had Seattle, we have Houston, we have Miami, and then we have Chicago. Who are, no, the Raiders, I guess. Yeah, okay. So we can make this. Sorry, Bears. Okay, so we have, Bears will leave out for a second in terms (laughs) of, I don't know what they would figure out in terms of getting a quarterback back. To Seattle, I just don't see Russ uh, again. Similar to what we're talking about with Houston, I don't see Seattle giving up on Russ or giving him up unless they get some sort of answer under center in return. But let's see. We, so we have Carr going for sending Carr <laughs> to car, Houston. Sending Carr to Houston. We're gonna send Russ to the Raiders. Is that correct? Yeah, we're gonna send we're, to Miami. Deshaun to Miami and Tua to Seattle. Hey, I mean. <laughs> I, maybe this has some potential. I, I still think that Seattle's going to have to get quite a bit back with two, with and you'd argue that Houston as well. Obviously, in, in my mind, that even though Derek has played very well, it's it's clear to me that Russ and, and Deshaun are the two best quarterbacks out of this group at yeah. this point that would require quite a bit more value in return. Obviously, I, I don't think Seattle I, – yeah, I don't think that they're just going to, like, throw him to – throw this to Houston. Although I don't know if Deshaun even has uh, Seattle as a team he'd consider. Uh, Does Russ also have a no trade clause? So that, I believe he does. So that makes it even more complicated. It's it's just like, those are the only teams he wants to go to. I guess in this case, like we said, he'd get to go to the Raiders, but man, it's, it's fun to think about, but, and just, I still think there will be some movement. I, I think there'll at least be one more surprise guy Um, you know, obviously we, we knew kind of Stafford was probably going to move on. That wasn't really that surprising. Some of the the quarterback moves that have already been made, haven't been all that surprising, but I think there'll be at least one of these guys. Like we're like in our mind, like we're a little more, maybe, you know, it's fun to talk about the rumors, but we still think a lot of these guys, it's hard to imagine them in other uniforms. I think at least one of that group, obviously Deshaun maybe is more likely uh, than anyone, but maybe one more, like maybe it is a that ends up getting moved. Maybe it is a Derek Carr. Maybe Dak ends up being somewhere else. So I think somewhat, maybe there'll be at least one more bigger kind of name along with Deshaun that we actually end up seeing moved wow. um, in terms of Alex Smith. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you did see kind of at the end of the year um, that he just wasn't quite on the same level as where he'd been uh, for early parts of the season when he was playing better. It just, it's, his mobility really went down the tubes at the end of the year and it just, I don't think it was connected to the previous injury, but, I still think there is a place for him, obviously in the NFL. It's just a matter of if it's really as a starting quarterback, it might be more uh, as one of the better uh, reserves at this point. Still, obviously, as you said, the only choice. I, I mean, maybe Trent Williams, with what he went through with the uh, the cancerous tumor that was or uh, growth that was removed from his head, and he came back and played so well. But obviously, what Alex went through. I mean, he's we're talking about a guy that was going to lose his leg to playing co- really competent quarterback, and really for you know led Washington to the playoffs. A lot of their wins in the middle of that season were with him under center. Maybe he wasn't being spectacular, but he was getting the job done. And I still think – I don't know exactly. I haven't really thought about any possible landing spots, but I'm sure some team would love to have him as a backup quarterback, someone to help groom a younger QB that they're trying to bring up in their system.
0: Well, and you know, like if you look around at some of the mock drafts, like there are plenty of mock drafts that have like four quarterbacks going in the top eight or nine Mm -hmm. like at this point. And so – like, that's that's going to add to sort of the quarterback chaos, I think. <laughs> you know, I mean, we, we all pretty much expect Trevor Lawrence to go number one to the Jags. Then I think things can start, start to get interesting with Justin Fields. Um, You know, where does he land? Then they're talking Trey Lance. And then I know I've seen um, Zach Wilson up pretty high as well. So yep. it's like, like it makes it more interesting to kind of know – what some of these moves could be, because I mean, those are options for for teams. I mean, like we said, we feel like the teams are going to be higher up, but that's where I don't. I think you don't count out potential trades to where one of those guys all of a sudden moves into one of these spots, and you see, you know, one of these one of these star quarterbacks go elsewhere. Like it's. Um, I don't know. It's going to be fascinating. I, I think, as we said, we, uh, we we could probably go back to previous years and look at it and say, oh, the quarterbacks, mm-hmm. you know, we can remember it being crazy before, but I, I feel like with all the potential dominoes here, and we're talking about star quarterbacks being unhappy, um, we've got a new wave of quarterbacks coming in. I think there's a lot of potential for movement out there uh, just in terms of personnel on, on these different teams.
1: Yeah, it, it all it takes is some of these teams to really be convinced in a young quarterback and. Maybe maybe it's a team that has one of these high draft picks that would uh, rather trade for uh, someone of the Derek Car ilk, like that kind of quality of a of an established starter, um, instead of the young guy that they're maybe less convinced about. Maybe they get a lot of uh, draft capital in return. It's it's going all over the place, and I mean even the range for Mac Jones. You talk about a guy that's had some people, some of the rumors from scouts say that he's he really shouldn't be anywhere outside of. You know, should not be in the first couple of rounds. Then, it, otherwise, you have people saying he's like a more mobile Tom Brady, and I see him as the uh, right now. Um, Tom McSh or is it or It's actually Mel Kuyper has him as a number eighth pick in the draft to Carolina. So that there yeah. the range of where we could see, and we've seen this in the past. I don't believe going into the the draft, when Baker was taken first overall by the Browns, or at least early in that in that kind of uh cycle the new cycle of the drafts or uh, stock and all that kind of stuff he was not really a guy that was a number one pick he was definitely a top 10 pick in most of these kind of mock drafts and people that are actually talking to more scouts and, and know a bit more about what they're thinking and it's it still happens i mean we're here at march 1st uh recording this will come out march 2nd we still have almost two full months because right at the end of april with the draft i mean there's a lot of things that can change with how these teams evaluate quarterbacks um uh, you can see t- teams trade up to get them. Uh, whether that be the Niners are a team that definitely, and the, and the Patriots are two teams that maybe watch to to possibly, kind of move up to try to get QBs, depending on how much they love a guy and how far they fall down. Um, that could be interesting, and that means Garoppolo could be on the move. That wouldn't be as maybe surprising as some of the guys we've already talked about. I don't think anyone would be shocked if if Teddy or uh, in Carolina or if Garoppolo from San Francisco was moved, uh, but it's definitely possible. Um, and you know, there, but there are some quarterback some of these teams that have those guys that maybe they would keep a, their starting quarterback for another season to to give some more time for them to develop underneath. Uh, that didn't really work out well in Philadelphia, though. Wentz yeah. and how he took it with uh, with so There's certain quarterbacks that can that can handle it a lot better than others. Uh, but yeah, maybe that is a route where we see a team that maybe one of these QBs that Seattle's really in love with drops down somewhere in the in that nine ten range, and then you look at teams like the Cowboys, teams that you'd be possibly interested in. I know that one insider said it was laughable to consider a, a Cowboys uh, Russell Wilson trade, but I don't know, <laughs> like any, like you're saying, it's just so <laughs> wide open. Um, it's, it's uh, as a Rams fan, I'm glad the Rams kind of took care of their own business quickly, so that I don't have to just every morning be wondering if something happened or if, what what the next rumor is uh, to have <laughs> to have that kind of be settled. Because, it, yeah, it, it's more teams than we're used to by far that are really up in the air, and I think it's a, it's a phenomenon that Bill Barnwell has talked about with these rookie QB contracts we it's almost like assumed that teams are are supposed to kind of uh re up and and give these extensions if the guys play like pretty well but Based on what's happened with what the Rams and Eagles have done with Goff and Wentz, they did sign those deals, but maybe they are the last group that's just going to automatically sign those without really spectacular QB play. we ever seen teams that possibly are going to move on from quarterbacks that, in my mind, should be deserving of those deals. Uh, Dak Prescott is obviously one that comes to mind. I do not think he's even close to being in that kind of conversation with those uh, two guys, but that, this is kind of the case that we might see even more with teams in the 2017 draft that we already – are seeing with the Jets possibly moving on from Sam? With I mean the Browns, I think they will end up extending Baker, but that's maybe a guy that is on that level of he's been really good and played really well. But is he deserving of the the biggest contract for a quarterback ever? It's there's more as more consideration for teams to try to just keep trading these rookie deals down and keep having younger quarterbacks and just have a better system around them and use the extra cap space to build a solid team it's uh, teams are not just doing going by the book i think for so many years we just saw it was like every year this guy's going to be end of his rookie deal you're the record-breaking contract next year same thing same thing and it kept cycling and i do think there's a a little more self-scouting and self-evaluation that teams are starting to do and maybe it's a a lesson that the rams and eagles have kind of provided for some of these teams that are going to be in similar spots of them coming up
0: yeah, if you thought a Stafford for golf trade was uh, wild, wait till you get a Russ for Dak trade and see how that breaks the Internet. Um, yeah, we'll see. I don't, I, it seems unlikely, but uh, I don't know. Yep. NFL offseason, I don't think you count on anything anymore. So, uh, all right, Dylan, we'll, we'll finish up uh, quickly with uh looks like the 17th game uh, going to be added. Mm-hmm. In the NFL which means now we don't have to talk about teams being 500, uh you're either a winner <laughs> or you're a loser. That's what it comes down to. You're going to have a winning season or a losing season. And, uh for some coaches that's a fine line because uh, you know, may- maybe you get a- an extra year at a 500 record, but now if you're, you know, whatever 8 and 9 versus 8 and 8, um that, you know, that that means something. So, uh m- maybe mm-hmm. that doesn't exactly exactly help the coaches all that much. So,
1: yeah, I, I you know, it's it's funny in terms of it's another thing that we've seen in the past where teams go on these, you'll, you'll think that they're going to fire a, a coach and then they win like three of their last four games and they're all against terrible teams. And it's like, wow, they, they really turned around the offense. It's like, no, they just played some bad opponents. And you see kind of teams that get stuck in the middle with whether it be personnel, coaching staff, whatever. And they just kind of are in that limbo between rebuilding and being good. Um, I, yeah, Maybe it will provide a little more clarity. I just don't think it should, but that's, I think that's already happening. I don't know if one more game, is going to really impact that. I think it's it's for the the winner here would obviously in, in my mind be fans just having an extra game and more AFC NFC matchups. I think it would be Rams Ravens playing again. So I'd I'd love to watch that next year. Um, with with the the way they'd set this up, it will alternate in terms of AFC NFC getting home field advantage. Um, with this, these extra games. So, I, yeah, it provides more matchups. We don't usually only see AFC and NFC teams play every four years to, to increase that level and get more of those interaction between different matchups that we don't see as often. I think that's a good thing. I, I think for fans and fantasy football, it's more, it's more meaningful football it definitely is helpful for the players. Hopefully it does add, you know, it helps the, the salary cap in theory go up. I think that is one of the big things that the owners have kind of been arguing that the extra revenue will end up benefiting the players. Obviously they want something in return. So we'll see. I, I assume this, this goes along with at least two of the two of the preseason games being cut. That was kind of one of the, the main bargaining points as, as as well as kind of off season programming uh, program and uh, workouts and those kind of things. Obviously some guys, would love to get in more work in the off seasons than they're able to currently Um, in terms of developing younger guys. There's an argument that, uh, some of the older players don't want that to happen as much because they know that it's easier for them to keep their jobs if they don't have as many young guys that are getting fully developed. It's it's all a lot of things that go into just adding one more regular season game. It's funny how many different dominoes are really part of this conversation. But yeah, I, I just I think maybe that's also an extra buy along with it. So another thing that can help players. I you look at teams that had. Um, you look at the Bucks this past season, they didn't have a buy so really late in the season, but they said that timing of that really helped them be fresh for their playoff run. I do think having two buys that are more equally kind of spaced out through a season will just help players get through the, uh, you know, the, one of the more grueling kind of physically uh, just debilitating sports that we have. <laughs> so maybe that is an addition, even though you have an extra game of that kind of uh, all those collisions, you also have that extra week off. So, so, uh, again, just, I think it is the fans that will end up being the, the biggest benefactor, and, and also by fans watching and tuning in more, eventually the players and owners will also make more money through this.
0: Yeah, going to be great to see Russell Wilson play his first 17 games with the Bears. Um, that, <laughs> that will be a lot of fun, won't it? Uh, who needs a 16-game season when he can get an extra one uh, in Chicago? So we'll see. Uh, but, no, in all seriousness, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how things play out with that added game and how things play out in the off season. In the NFL, but uh, Dylan, uh, that will wrap up uh, some of the biggest topics uh, we discussed here today, and uh, things will continue to only only pick up from here when it comes to uh, the NFL offseason. Lots of uh, crazy stuff, I'm sure, on the way with the draft, trades, and all that good stuff. But for now, uh, I've got a lot of stuff over at Clutch Points, uh, talking about the offseason, talking about um, the NBA and uh, baseball right around the corner, too. So yes. lots happening.
1: Yeah, spring training underway. You can follow all spring training games in the Clutch Points app, as well as obviously all the NBA games uh, that are still coming. If you're only in the NFL, we still have everything free agency covered this month. and in, in March, we're going to start having a lot more draft coverage and a lot more draft previews for every team, mock drafts, that kind of stuff. And, yeah, I think uh, on this podcast we'll pretty soon go over some more free agency things leading up to that starting in just under two weeks at this point, I believe. So it's yeah, a lot of a lot of you know, last year, <laughs> a lot of reshaping of, of of rosters and really big moves with, obviously guys like Tom Brady moving to Tampa and Philip Rivers and a lot more uh, movement uh, than we've been used to, and I think that'll just only increase. So it should be a lot of fun, and yeah, we'll have it all covered here on ClutchPoints.com as well as in the ClutchPoints app.
0: Yep, check all that out there. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, any podcast app you use. You can find us on there, and uh, thanks, as always, to the fine folks at Blue Eye for all that they do, and thank you, as always, for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time here on Establish the established past podcast.